Life podcast. We truly hope you'll be inspired and challenged today. Now, let's dive into this message with the family at Pleasant Ridge. Well, this morning, I am going to attempt to speak from 1 Timothy chapter 6 and the first two verses. Hang on, I forgot my notes. It's only 13 pages. Uh, But as uh, some of you may or may not know, am I still? Uh, The elders are sharing first Sunday of the month uh, through first Timothy. We're actually in the last chapter here. Uh, And so this morning as we come to the time in the word, I will be reading from the first two verses. But before I start, let's just pray. Lord, I thank you for this day. Thank you for your blessings. Lord, you are worthy and you are so good. Help us, Father, as we look at your word today. May your Holy Spirit speak to us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, let as many, and this is from the American Standard Version. Uh, if you have a favorite version, we might come across it today because I'm using quite a few different versions throughout this uh, message this morning. Let as many as are servants under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor. Oops, I should bring my next slide up, shouldn't I, so you can see it. Let as many as are servants under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, that the name of God and the doctrine not be blasphemed. And they that have believing masters, let them not despise them because they are brethren, but let them serve them the rather because they that partake of the benefit are believing and beloved. These things teach and exhort. So that's uh, from the American Standard Version. Let's go back now and look at each verse individually. This is from the message. Whoever is a slave must make the best of it, giving respect to his master so that outsiders don't blame God and the teaching for his behavior. And I put the about him in there because the teaching, if you look at the original language, refers to the teaching about God uh, there. So in this first verse, we see that Paul, Paul is writing to Timothy here, and Paul is speaking to Timothy about slaves with unbelieving masters. And Paul, Paul tells Timothy, you need to let these slaves know that as a Christian, as one who believes in Christ, um, they need to respect their masters because if they do not this could bring about outsiders blaming God for the way he's acting. He claims to be a Christian, and look what he's doing, okay? So 
And he goes on to say, we don't want uh, them speaking against God because of the way we act. And so he's, he's speaking to the slaves here. And uh, just in case you were wondering, here's uh, several more versions. The, the phrase not be spoken against uh, could be translated not be blasphemed, not be reviled, not be slandered. So you kind of get the idea here that our or these slaves that were claiming Christ, uh, Paul wanted to make sure that they were not in any way causing outsiders, unbelievers looking in to blaspheme, revile, slander, or speak against God because of their actions. So that was the first verse. Then moving on to the second verse, he's now going to talk to believing, to slaves with believing masters. Those with believing masters must not be disrespectful on the grounds that they are brothers. Rather, they must serve all the better since those who benefit from their good service are believers and beloved. So he's basically saying, so as a slave, I'm sure uh, maybe even some of you could relate to a situation at work or somewhere where someone in authority over you, uh, you know, was telling you to do something you didn't really want to do. And you most likely in that moment were not having a lot of respect for that person, okay? But in, the, in, this, uh, in these verses, the word respect can be honor or respect, as, depending on the translation you look at, but basically to honor or respect these masters. And then he says to people with believing masters, you need to work even, not only should you respect them, but you need to work harder because those who are benefiting are beloved brothers in Christ. So in other words, your work is helping to prosper another believer. And so you need to work even harder if you have a believing uh, master. <clears throat> As we move on here, um, in 1 Peter, there is a parallel passage which basically says almost the same thing. 1 Peter 2.18, servants... Be subject to your masters with all respect. Not only, now here's the catch though, he says not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. Other translations use words like bad ones, cruel, harsh, unreasonable. You ever had an unreasonable boss? Anybody? Um, so Peter is kind of following with what Paul said to Timothy, but in Peter... He adds, not to just the good, but also to the unjust or the unreasonable. Now, the interesting thing for me is this passage in Peter. So in, in Timothy, if you look at 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, he talks to slaves about their masters. In verse 3, he moves on and he continues on, and you'll get that probably next month, some of that, uh, that he goes on to talk about other things. But here in Peter... This verse, masters and slaves, is nestled in the middle of a whole section. So we're going to jump up to verse 13 in 1 Peter chapter 2, and let's read that. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority, or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. 
So in other words, don't say, well, I'm free. I'm free in Christ, so I can do anything I want, including evil. He's saying not, that's not the idea, but we are to live as God's slaves. So we're servants of the Lord, and we obey our master there. Verse 17, show proper respect to everyone. That says everyone, not just the people we like, everyone. Love the family of believers, fear God, and honor the emperor. And then here's our verse 18 again. Slaves, in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. And that was the NIV that used the word harsh there. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong, you endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. Because to this you were called because Christ suffered for you leaving you an example that you should follow in his footsteps. So I, I really like in, uh, I don't know, in the, in the Bibles that I was using here, uh, the, the, the heading over this section from 13 to 21 is um, living godly lives in a pagan society. And you might have noticed that was my, my title up there because in this, uh, where, we're, where we're heading here, in this idea that Paul talked about, Peter talked about, and we're going to move on here to look at some words of Jesus, um, but in that, it gives us, I think, a key for living, as we heard this morning, several places. You go places, they aren't really living for Jesus. They aren't really honoring him in the way they live and the things they do and say, and so um, I think that we're going to expand, I guess, upon is what I'm trying to say on the words to Timothy for the slaves to bring this around to where all of us can uh, can relate. I hope and to see. And so, um, as we looked at this 13 through 21, I don't know if you caught it or not, but basically. In summary, this passage is, if you are under anybody, if there is anybody in authority over you, you need to honor and respect them because God has put them over you, whatever the circumstance is, and we need to honor and respect them. Now, that can be hard. That can be really hard if they're being unreasonable or if they're being cruel. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but for me... I'm not really thinking things that are honorable or respectful toward those people uh, that are treating me that way. So let's just for a second here look at that word honor and see. So from the dictionary I have, I got to regard or treat someone with admiration and respect. To regard or treat with honor. Other words were esteem, revere, show consideration for, hold in high respect. So can you, any of you think of anybody in your lifetime that maybe didn't quite get this treatment from you because of something they said or did or whatever? I know I can. And so anyway, uh, Peter tells us we have to honor and respect them. So I was thinking, um, that's going pretty far, Peter. What, uh, 
Are you sure you got that right? Well, I thought, let's go over and see what Jesus told us. And so we're going to flip over here to Luke chapter 6, I think. I don't go too far. Luke chapter 6, verse 27. This is Jesus talking here, and he says, But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, boy, do you think if we were a kid, we could get this? If someone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Uh, do to others, otherwise known as the golden rule here, do to others as you would have them do to you. So Peter didn't even go this far. He just said honor and respect. But Jesus says, love them when they hate you. Treat them good, even if they're mistreating you. If they take something, give them the other thing if they want it too. Uh, he goes a little bit farther with this. And so as I was looking at this and thinking about this, I was trying to figure, okay, where the rubber meets the road. How does this really work in our lives? How can I, as a human being, a sinful human being, who is trying to follow Christ and to do what is right with Christ, how can I learn to love my enemies, to honor and respect those in authority over me, and so on and so on. And so this is the conclusion I came to, and it's found in Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 to 40. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together, one of them an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord, who? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And as I was thinking about this, I thought, you know, I really think Jesus put those things in that order for a reason. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Because if we don't do that, there is no way we're going to love our neighbor as ourselves. And so, as we learn to love the Lord our God with all of our heart and with all of our soul and with all of our mind, I believe it's kind of like uh, we, we were out of town last week to visit my mom. She had her 82nd birthday and we had a nice little party and everything. But we went to church with her and um, the pastor had a little... Um, what do you call it? Uh, what do you call that example? I don't know. Anyway, I had a little cart sitting here, so pretend I have a little cart here because I didn't get around to do it. And on that cart was a glass. And the glass was there, and there was a pitcher of water here. And he said, this glass represents us. And so as God fills us with himself, 
You know, sometimes we let them go halfway or sometimes we let them go three quarters of the way, but we want to keep the rest for ourselves. We don't want to give him. But as he filled that glass and it began to run over the top of the glass onto the cart, which is why I didn't do it up here this morning because I didn't know how to clean it up. Um, but, as it, but it's an example of how as God fills us up, his love begins to overflow. And all of a sudden, you know in myself, I cannot love maybe somebody who's treated me really awful and been really mean to me. As his love grows in me, it begins to overflow to them. And I can do it without even thinking about it as I become close to Christ, as he fills me, as we grow in relationship. And so I believe that the answer to living, and this is uh, not a real deep thing today, it's, it's more of a kind of a wider scope here, but I believe that as we strive to live a godly life in a pagan world, number one, we need to love the Lord our God with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our mind, and we need to learn to love our neighbor as ourself. And as we do that, we will be able to not only honor and kind of do what's kind of expected of us to, at least to their face, be kind and, or acknowledge or do what they ask us to do, but as we grow, grow closer to Christ, I believe we will begin to truly love and we will actually hurt inside when we see people who are not following Christ and are not living in that way. And I believe his love will begin to shine through us as a testimony uh, to those around. And I just want to close uh, with another verse here from 1 Corinthians 13. Love, what is love? Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. And as I read through this, just think to yourself, how, where do you fall into this? Where do I fall into this? And what can we work on as we grow closer to Christ? It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. There's a tough one. I remember when you treated me like this, and I haven't forgotten that. This says love keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. You know, there's a scripture that says love covers a multitude of sins. Sometimes we have to protect, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. But love never fails. If you love, you will never fail in loving someone. No matter how they treated you, what they did to you, if you love them as Christ loved you, you cannot go wrong in doing that. And so that's my message for this morning. A little bit shorter than maybe others, but what are you going to do with two verses, right? So <laughs> uh, anyway, I hope that uh, the Lord spoke to you in some way, and I hope that as we as a congregation um, are part of this community, that we will learn to grow in God's love and that our love will begin to shine out 
uh, to this community um, and to touch hearts and lives and change hearts and lives. Um, there's one other thing I'll throw in here uh, that I actually heard in the sermon last week as well. He was talking about when people refine gold, how do you know, you know, as you, as you boil it, the dross comes to the top. How do you know when it's clean? And he said, when, when you can look in and see your reflection. And it's when somebody can look at us and see God's reflection that we are drawing close to him and learning to live the way we should be. So let's work together as a family to love each other and to love the Lord with all our heart, soul, and mind. Let's pray together. If you're interested in more information about our church or knowing the peace that Jesus gives, visit our website at lifeattheridge.church.